see the lights go out and the Statue of Liberty disappears. Basically, the co-pilots are taking the front stage in this episode. Yeah. You know, the ransom is $3 billion or they'll blow up the statue in three hours. And of course, they're just going, there's no way we're going to get there. Okay, so he said, damn, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, faithful listeners, to MassCast number 18, where we will be talking about Assault on Liberty, Mask episode number 14. And in this episode, Venom steals the Statue of Liberty during a magic show and holds it for ransom. But first, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, the Jake to my Elwood. Wyatt, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you a Blues Brothers fan? I can't remember. You know, I have yet to see that movie. Oh, wow. I have okay. wanted to be to watch it for years, and I just never went out and either rented or bought it. Or, or whatever, just never got it. Well, it is one of my favorites, and uh, I won't hold that against you because there's a few out there that I haven't watched yet that people would probably raise their eyebrows to. But we're not exactly on a mission from God, but a noble one indeed in going through these mask episodes. That's right. Before we get in, let me uh, a couple quick notes. Between the Mixcloud archive and the iTunes and Buzzsprout, we are now averaging over 100 downloads of MassCast each episode. Nice. Yes, I was very pleased to see that, and we appreciate everybody listening each week as we break down the Mask episodes. Listening in iTunes, you can download directly to your iPod and listen at your convenience. But the archive in iTunes only goes back about 10 shows. So if you want to go back farther than that, we invite you to jump on Mixcloud, and that's where we kind of keep our archive. You don't have to listen to them all, but if you want to, if you remember maybe one or two of your favorite episodes, we invite you to take a listen and to see if our take matches yours on the episode. And, of course, we've done a few interviews. We've got another one, hopefully, for you in the next couple weeks. Um, and we've also done a toy review for the Series 1 toys, which was also pretty fun. So we are posting up each MassCast on the blog and on Facebook. So we invite you to keep tuning in each week. But that concludes the uh, pledge drive. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh, are you ready to go into New York Harbor? I am ready to start the mass cast.
arrive on the scene with a magic show where the goal is to make the great Statue of Liberty disappear. And now, the big moment you've all been waiting for! Gee, Dad, do you really think he can do it? Can he really make the Statue of Liberty disappear? We'll see, son. T-Bob is all of a sudden worried that it'll be dangerous. I don't know why he's worried that it'll be dangerous, but you notice, though, right away that the crowd looks at him in disgust. But they're not fascinated that he's like a walking, talking R2-D2. They're just ticked <laughs> off at him, which I kind of thought was a little hokey. But, you know, it is a cartoon, so I didn't hold it against him. But uh, anyway, as the magician snaps his fingers, we see the lights go out and the Statue of Liberty disappears. And then the, mag the magician tries to bring it back on and the statue is now gone with an angry crowd looking and jeering at them. Right, and... Of course, the policemen come onto the scene and to take the magician away for you know making the uh, the Statue of Liberty disappear. And the magician, you know, as he's being taken away, it's all a big mistake, you know, claiming his innocence. And Scott, of course, he blames T. Bob because he wasn't able to cross his fingers, which the magician told everybody to do to make the the statue come back. T. Bob, it's all your fault. You're supposed to cross your fingers, not your eyes. Right, I like how he scolded T-Bob there when, you know, he doesn't even have fingers. So Yeah, and he kind of looks down at his pinchers or whatever right. T-Bob has when he, when he announces that. So that was kind of silly, but it was, uh, it was funny nonetheless. And then uh, as soon as they haul the magician away, we cut to the Peaceful Nations Alliance office with Dwayne. And I like the building. It looked similar to the like United Nations building, so it kind of gave us an, an idea of what the PNA actually is. Right. And then, as Matt and Dwayne are talking, Matt tells Scott and T. Bob to kind of look around and keep themselves busy as they they talk about what was going on. And Dwayne he explains that they really need to have this symbol, you know, returned. Dreadful thing, really. And it puts the free world in an awkward position. Can you imagine how terrible it'll be if anything happens to such an important symbol of liberty? It must be recovered. No question. I'll do everything I can. But he goes on that the PNA is short on leads. The magician, of course, is claiming his innocence. And Matt finally shows Dwayne how this trick works. You know, he uses that two-way mirror to describe how, uh, how the trick is done. We see the the mask laptop folded and he uses a fancy light work really with the mirror and he sees the coffee cup and then he doesn't now scott interrupts telling him that the statue of liberty is now in iowa i'll bet anything that the statue is still right there in new york harbor dad hey dad come look at this not just now son no dad you gotta look unbelievable as it may seem you are seeing the recently disappeared Statue of Liberty on a live TV broadcast from the state of Iowa. The TV signal is being transmitted to us from an unknown source, but it is believed to be authentic. Looks like harvest time for Mask. And it's funny, as we're going through these episodes, I'm starting to really pay attention to the voices. You know, the voice characters, but you can tell that the reporter is Alex's voice. Just without uh, yeah. the funky British accent that he does. 
Yeah, I noticed that as well, and that's why I was like, it sounds a lot like Alex there for when he first kind of breaks in on the news story um, that the statue is in Iowa. I also found it kind of interesting that Matt tells Dwayne that I bet the statue is still in the New York Harbor, and before he's got a chance to basically follow up on that, they see it's in Iowa, so they go directly to Iowa. Right. And uh, But here's where we get the team call up. We get Rhino uh, and Bruce, which we see Bruce crashing his remote control airplane, and now he's disappointed, you know, because, you know, he just left abruptly. <laughs> uh, then we see Dusty, who decides to crash dishes. Excuse me, I forgot my watch. Help! Uh, we get Buddy with Firecracker, and then Gloria, you know, she's in a hot race, and she's a hair from winning, and leaves. As usual. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really understand her. I don't think anybody understands women. But in any event, um, <laughs> I think it's funny that each time that they call her up, they always say black belt in kung fu. But I think there's only been one case that she's been at the dojo or whatever, and she, you know, slams a guy and takes off, you know, to go to Boulder Hill. But they don't really hype up the kung fu angle much no they don't they the computer spits out the top reasons why it decided its choice but we never see the use of that that uh, talent or whatever it is right it's just kind of like the uh, like the business card you know but in any event we see that the team is like fast forwarded a little bit they they're already in the situation room going up to grab their masks from the mask room they actually do have the right masks that i could tell yes and then they did. Off to Iowa. Right, and I thought it was kind of interesting, too, that basically the co-pilots are taking the front stage in this episode. Yeah. You know, usually Bruce is kind of the sidekick to Alex and Rhino, and Buddy is always the sidekick to Hondo and Firecracker. So we got, got them kind of taking control of the vehicles this time. So, but at any rate, um, the agents, they move in to check out the statue in Iowa and as they get closer, there's a Venom ambush. And Rax, he shoots a torpedo out of Piranha in the, uh, towards Gator. And the Gator front end kind of jumps up in the air. He hits a button and the end, front end jumps up in the air to avoid the torpedo. This ought to keep them busy. Rhino turns around, starts shooting at Piranha. Then we got Jackhammer kind of shows up unexpectedly uh, firing, and he breaks the windshield of Rhino, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And then Matt said, enough of this, and I'm taking to the air. And there's some pretty good animation. You know, it's always uh, seems to be Thunderhawk that gets the new animation each episode. Oh, yeah. Or the cool animation, you know. But obviously, he's the main main character, main uh, vehicle in the, in the mass series. But there's that cool kind of takeoff between the corn rows, and then he gets up in the air, and the sun is kind of in the background. And then there's a nice zoom in from outside in through the windshield right on to Matt, which was pretty cool. But then Matt, he's up there. I think he uses Spectrum to target Brax and Piranha with uh, Thunderhawk. At least that's what I, it looked like. 
he shoots this bomb down from Thunderhawk after he's got Rax in his sights, and the bomb just kind of gets right close to him and kind of hovers right behind Piranha. Right. Gloria is in uh, Gator. They're in front of Piranha shooting back at them, and then she shoots the cannon or blow up the bomb that, you know, is hovering behind him, and it this explosion sends Rax high in the air, and he lands in the cornfield. Yeah, I thought it was really odd. You know, you got this missile coming in. It should explode on its own. It doesn't need to be detonated by uh, shooting at it. Uh, so I kind of thought that was a, a little annoying there, but I also liked their disappointed phrase with Dusty... They know where when they're beat. I, yeah. I kind of like that, but, you know, it was just, you could see Dusty, you know, he just seemed very disappointed, like you said. So, but at any rate, Dagger and Sly, you know, stop just out of range and say that they, they didn't want to miss the show. And next we are back at the Statue of Liberty with Matt's mask approaching when Bruce just happens to spot this cleverly hidden scarecrow. In the in the cornstalks. Wait, an object need not look like a fish to smell like one. Say what? Spectrum on. And we look closer, and he instructs them to stop. And like right away, a proverb just comes to his head and says, "A fish need not look like a fish to smell like one." <laughs> right it's of course a matt takes that there's something different with the statue and he does a quick scan with spectrum and sees that it's basically hollow and then he looks down towards the ground and there's a bomb and then matt says oh no and that's when they cut to a commercial but i, I had a little revelation there where right after bruce says his proverb Buddy says, say what? Yeah. And his his say what, it sounded a lot like Rax. And I had to go on to Wikipedia. I was trying to find the, the actor who did Buddy's voice to see if he did the same thing as Rax. And I had no luck. So I actually went on to matttracker.com and found it was the same guy, Mark Halloran, who does Buddy and Rax. And he also does Dagger and Dwayne, so he was pretty <laughs> he was pretty active in this episode. Right. Uh, so I, there's a couple times, you know, in this episode where I've I've heard the voices from the other characters kind of spill through. Right. But, and that's what I was, you know, identifying earlier. You know, you just start picking out whose voice. Uh, I don't know the the voice actors as well as I should, but you hear Doug Stone. You hear. Just all of them, you know, spitting out yeah. different wording. But in any event, you know, Gloria activates her uh, aura force field, or deflection shield is what she calls it. It's a trap. Aura deflection shield. No! We were this close to being popcorn. Aw, shucks. Now that's sure a corny thing to say. Oh, do I detect a curl of humor in that, buddy? (laughs) 
it was just neat to see the voice command of that. You know, it's almost starting to be a rarity to hear a voice command. You just say, here's Spectrum on or Viper on or something. You don't right. hear an actual specific command like uh, or a deflection shield on. Yeah, this is might be the first time that a, another mask besides Spectrum has been used that way because Matt will sometimes, you know, Spectrum hang glider on. Right. And he does a, I don't know if there's another one that he does with Spectrum, but yeah, it seems like this was the, at least for me, I remember the first time that somebody else is using a different command for the mask. So after Matt announces it's a trap and, and Gloria uses her mask, we cut to Dagger and Rax, and Dagger says, now, and he detonates that bomb, and there's this massive explosion, and then they cut back to Dagger and Rax, and they're like, we did it, and they you know, roll out thinking they've destroyed Mask, and we cut back and we see Ara still protecting the team from this bomb, and I hear in, you know, right after that is Dusty and Buddy kind of cracking jokes and i thought i heard dusty's voice come out of buddy that one time right and he's like oh shucks or something and you know uh dusty does his colonel or something uh, it's some corn reference but anyway it was some corny joke um and then bruce shows them the where the projector was right and then of course he stumps dusty again with another proverb the clever bird claims distress while concealing her true nest you know, Matt has to come in and decipher all of this and saying that they were lured there. Uh, Matt's friend, Dwayne, calls him up to tell him about the ransom. It's a $3 billion, and that's a big sum, <laughs> even in the 80s, to hear billion. Yes. Well, I think one of the other ransoms in one of the previous episodes was like, was it like $50 million or $100 million or something? So they've, uh, they've upped the ante. <laughs> they have. Um, or the... You know, the ransom is $3 billion or they'll blow up the statue in three hours. And, of course, they're just going, well, there's no way we're going to get there. And, of course, you know, Matt has to pause and say, you know, we got to synchronize mask, our mask watches in countdown mode. Three hours? That's barely enough time for us to get there. We must. Everyone, synchronize mask watches in countdown mode. Mark. And the only thing that came up to mind, and I realize this is not an 80s reference, but you think of the old 60s Batman where everything had to be bat something. So that's what I thought of when he said countdown mode. <laughs> but. I didn't I didn't tie those two together there, but I thought it was odd that, you know, you wouldn't think about this watching it as a kid, but they started at three hours right then. Well, I don't think Dwayne said exactly when Venom contacted him. You know, it could have been a half an hour before that or something. Right. But it, it wasn't a big deal for me that they just started the three hours then. But anyway, uh, they cut back to the harbor. We get to see the Twin Towers for the first time uh, in a kind of a wide shot there. Uh, all four vehicles are approaching. You got Firecracker and Rhino on the land. Gator on the river, and then Thunderhawk in the air, which I thought was cool to have those four kind of covering all the bases there. Right. And then Bruce radios in to the team about an unfinished subway tunnel that he's located that goes to Liberty Island. 
and Matt orders Firecracker and Rhino to immediately get there. That's how Venom got to the statue undetected. That's got to be it. You and Buddy take the subway tunnel. I'm counting on you to defuse any bombs before Venom blows it. Right on. Right now. And then Matt, he tries to use Thunderhawk's computer to figure out Venom's hideout. And he, you know, punches in a couple coordinates or something and there was insufficient data. And then he, after a couple seconds, the computer comes back with a probable location at the top of the World Trade Center, which was pretty cool. Right. And uh, I actually like the graphics. You know, they're always trying to improve, it seems. And one of the things I liked was, as you see Thunderhawk, as as Matt's conversing with everybody, you see the reflection of Thunderhawk in the skyscrapers that are that, that he's going by. Yes. I I noticed that. I actually rewinded that part a little bit and and watched it again. I thought it was pretty cool. Right. And I'm I'm glad they're doing that. You know, some of the earlier episodes, I think we rated a little bit lower cuz they were either recycling some footage or they just kind of made a step back in the animation and stuff, but I do agree that they're they're trying to come up with something new each episode it seems like right and uh as the gopher team as as i'll call it goes into the tunnels they come up to a laser trip beam and they just happen to trip one of them and it explodes caving them in they can't go any further bruce you okay i'm fine you no sweat but it doesn't look like we're going to be going anywhere maybe penetrator can get us through that mess without burning out penetrator on Then we see Penetrator being activated, and we see it and Firecracker go through, and then you know Bruce just you know, blasts it with Rhino, and they can go through, which I thought was a little uh, corny. You know, Jason and I have kind of not been too impressed with Penetrator's use or its ability. I'm sure it has its time and place, but when you have Rhino blasting through. Yeah, it was kind of like the last episode where they just ended up blasting through the, you know, the cave-in at the end of the episode, even though there's all this drama building up like they're trapped. Right. And, you know, now I did like when they used Penetrator with Firecracker to go in and save Matt when he was inside Mount Fuji that one episode. Right. To rescue him. Now, that was fine. You know, they had Penetrator. He had to hook it up to the actual Firecracker dash or whatever so he could get some extra power. He didn't do it this time. No. So, yeah, that part just kind of, that one didn't sit well with me either, going through there and then Bruce just blasting his way after him, you know, wait for me. Right. So uh, so they get into a room and they notice a, like a ton of time bombs just all over the place and then the wall just raises up. And then that's when they discover that they're actually inside the Statue of Liberty and the statue is now rising up from underneath its own platform uh, they split up, Buddy disarms the inside bombs, Bruce goes out to, to handle the outside bombs. As they're clearing them out, Bruce happens to discover that there's a remote-controlled detonator. Aha! A remote radio detonation device. Gloria, can your aura mask block a radio signal? You bet! Venom plans to blow up the statue by remote control. Aura, radio frequency mode on! And 
then asked Gloria if Aura Mask can block the signal, which I thought was actually interesting that, you know, he's calling back and saying, hey, you know, does Aura have this capability? I, I, I'd like that. Yeah, I, well, after, you know, it seems like he and I guess Alex are the, the technical people. They should kind of know that. I would think so, but, you know, you can't remember at all, I guess. Right, true. I mean, it's that's fine. But, yeah, after, as Matt suspected earlier in the episode, there's the statue still there, right. um, kind of underneath, and it's rising up. And uh, as Dusty gets Gator's boat uh, closer, Gloria uses the aura mask to cover the statue, basically all except for the torch. And she needs to give it, you know, they tell her, give it more power. Um, she says aura is running low. Um, and it kind of builds up some drama there. And then they cut back to the World Trade Center where Miles and Vanessa, we finally get to see them. Only a few minutes left. I knew they wouldn't pay the ransom. <laughs> I would have blown the statue up anyhow, just so they would know who they're dealing with. But I thought you took care of them. Oh, no. Not so fast, Mayhem. One of the interesting parts there is Miles, in his conversation to Vanessa, you know, she's saying that, you know, I figured they wouldn't pay the $3 billion ransom or whatever, and Miles like, well, I would have blown up the statue anyway, even if they would have paid it. That was a pretty bold line for him to say, I guess, or to to give you a little bit into his character. Right. But I noticed him like, it just kind of dawned on me, wait, Vanessa's not wearing her mask. She's just, you know, she doesn't have the whip mask and, and Miles has a Viper on. Right. Miles sees mask and as soon as he's looking through his binoculars, he sees Thunderhawk kind of come right into view and his binoculars kind of pulls him back. Right. And Matt does this like Super Mario Brothers somersault off the... <laughs> <laughs> off the Thunderhawk into the glass of the World Trade Center and into that room where Miles and Vanessa is. Not so fast, Mayhem. And uh, Miles shoots his Viper at him, misses Matt, and then Miles and Vanessa escape through the door. Um, and Matt sees that the detonator switch has already been activated, so he doesn't chase after him. Right. So Rack shoots, shoots off a torpedo at Gator. And Dusty tries to intercept it with a depth charge. Gotta stop that torpedo! Ends up hitting the piranha sub. And then it it's kind of like what cuts back to Matt and Dagger, where they're blasting at each other. I won't miss this time! No! I thought of your favorite video game when this when this came up, Heavy Barrel. I just thought he just blasted in a way at Jackhammer and disintegrates them all together. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a pretty interesting scene there. I, w- I don't know how I felt about that kind of glowing 
laser torpedo or whatever that that Rex shot out. I like the the action where the depth charge goes way up in the air and down from the gator boat right. and then blows up and it like ricochets back and lands right in Rex's sub, blowing it up. But the Thunderhawk kind of disintegrating jackhammer, that was like a, I don't know, super power shot there or something. Yeah, really. Just like disintegrate the whole, <laughs> except for Dagger, you know, sitting there in the seat holding the steering wheel and rams right into that light pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Bunny finishes up with the inside bombs while they discover another three bombs left on the torch. Gloria tries to hurry them up as as you can now see smoke coming out from her mask. Then Bruce coordinates his efforts to turn off the aura beam, but then we see Miles admiring his handiwork as he flies by, which I thought was a really very cool shot. Then Bruce signals Gloria and Aurea's aura is turned off with Bruce using Lifter to lift off the three blast bombs. Then we see them, you know, blowing up Switchblade, which I thought was another cool, uh, just another cool destruction piece. We had now have two Venom vehicles completely gone. Two and a half, really, with the Rax's sub. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so it's really nice that you got the true mortality. We saw Rhino with uh, the windshield being knocked out, and then now we got two and a half Venom vehicles gone. <laughs> Time's just about up. They can't make it. Now, Gloria! Lift up! On! What? Oh, no! And the shot where they pan back from Switchblade and you see the statue in the foreground there, and then you're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. Also, boom! Then the you know Switchblade blows up. That was just an awesome shot. I thought that was like the the scene of the whole episode. Right. I like that. I loved it. I like that. And uh, so with the team stopping and checking on each other, we now see Miles surfacing uh, from the water and says, just a, like a very straightforward phrase. I'll get you next time, Mask. There'll be a next time, Mask. Wasn't that kind of a raise his fist there and swearing by everything holy that yeah. he was going to get him? But yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting way to, to end it. It was just kind of a, more of a subtle, there'll be a next time, you know. So, But then after that, then we kind of end that section of the episode and we cut to Scott and Scott's given his own magic show now. And I thought it was cool that Matt and Gloria were sitting together there up front. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Scott, I'm always trying to put them together, you know, and build up something since we have a little something in the script, you know, but anyway, Scott tries to make T-Bob disappear and T-Bob's, Oh, I want my mommy. Dark in here. Oh, I want my mommy. I keep telling you, you're not alive. You don't have a mommy. Help me. Abracadabra. He ends up breaking that two-way mirror, and he's like, "Oh, now I got seven years of bad luck to deal with, or whatever." And that kind of ends the episode. We kind of fade out from the mansion. 
and then we fade right back in for, to the PSA. Right. We see that Scott is now getting ready to go into his friend's house. Matt asks him if he'll be careful when crossing the street and so on. He's checking up on his little son. Matt then asks him to look at his clothes, and we see that he's in a black cape because he's wanting to do a magic show over at his friends. And Scott replies that, oh, cars might not might see me better in bright clothes. Oh, I get it. Maybe cars could see me better if I wore something brighter. That's right, son. It's just something you pay attention to. So you kind of see the light go on in that. And then Matt agrees and you know says that it's just something you pay attention to. And that wraps it up for the episode, which moves us on to our rating. So what is your rating tonight? Well, obviously, this was a lot better than the last episode, which I gave my ominous first two uh, for that episode. But I was, you know, and I think I've explained before, I usually start out with a five and then, you know, I'll drop it down for things I noticed during the episode. And I was back and forth from a five to a four. This seems like this whole episode, there was something they do. I was like, well... I'm going to drop that one down to a four. And then something would come back and be like, oh, wow, that was cool. And then I'm back up to five and four and five. So if I can give it a four and a half, I would. But since my trend has been if I give it the half, I round up, I'm going to give it a five. There was a few ticks. You know, it was like, you know, the little voice things we kind of noticed during there was wanting a different call up for Gloria the hovering bomb trick, you know, yeah, <laughs> that was kind of hokey. Um, we had the little mix-up there with Dusty's voice. It seemed like that one time, um, you know, I said about the three-hour countdown. That was just a little. That was nothing. I wouldn't hold hold against it. Um, the penetrator. There was no hookup, and then of course, you know, they used Rhino to bust through the rocks right after he used the penetrator. So there was really no need for it didn't see the mask on Vanessa and then I was going to I was going to complain that uh you know Mayhem didn't get much face time until like the very end but I kind of liked that after I thought about it that the statue was kind of more the focal point right uh to the episode but it was very good you know like I said the the typical co-pilots took the main roles in this episode we hadn't seen that before they got the mask room right there was you know more great scenes and animation some great shots. Um, loved the use of the World Trade Center. You know, that has, of course, has special meaning to us now. Looking back and and you know using those in, in cartoons and movies and stuff. Right. Um, the limited ability of the mask is shown again. You know, and Miles' statement that he would have blown the statue anyway. That was really good. So the the main thing though at the end was like, well, now what for Venom? This is like the you know, payback for the Rotex episode where all the mass vehicles are destroyed. And so, so now I'm like, well, they don't have any vehicles. Is there going to be any, you know, carryover into the next episode? But I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see if they, you know, show them, you know, fixing up the vehicles or, or doing something new. But that was my take. What was your rating for the episode? Well, this will be another first. I'm going down. I'm actually voting you down. I'm going down to a four. This is second time. Second time I think you've is rated it? lower than me. Yeah, I think we did it once before where I was higher and you were lower. Oh, I thought that, anyway. So anyway, I'm giving it a four. Kind of everything that you nitpicked and I guess didn't ding on it, I did. 
Uh, I loved the battles. I loved the the new, fresher animation with the close-up of Miles. The kind of drop-in animation with Thunderhawk just showing up all of a sudden in, in Miles' sights. As Thunderhawk's flying through the city, you see the, the reflection of it on the skyscrapers. There's actually a lot of good stuff I really liked, and I was on a five for a long time. But I started getting the, the glitch with Penetrator. You know, what was the point when Rhino could have done the job? I realized they were just trying to get a mask to be used. But I guess I'm being critical. But I, I would have, okay, hook up, hook up Rhino to Penetrator. Make it more realistic in that way. Yeah, yeah, that would have been that would have been cool to have them both go through there. I agree. Be done with it. Yeah. Um, uh, I think you know on the Buddy and Dusty voice blunder going back and forth that that was just something that bugged me a little bit. And then that hovering bomb, blow the guy up! Come on, you don't need to add suspense by having someone else shoot the bomb. Right. It didn't make sense to me. But yeah. all in all, that's 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 my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, well, I won't hold it against you. It's a good. That was a good. Uh, good take. What did you see that uh, tied into the script? Well, I came up with about three. First, Switchblade's demise. We actually blow up Switchblade in our movie, and then Matt and Gloria. They kind of hint that they're close. We kind of do that in the movie, and then um, uh, the true complete. I call it voice commands. Like you hear Gloria saying, you know, aura deflector shield on. That's what we did with our voice commands with the with the uh, all the masks. So they have to say something. Just Spectrum on is yes. not going to work. Yes. So uh, what did you see? That was good. I will say the the whole blowing up of uh, Switchblade. It's not a like a complete blow up like that scene was. It's more of a. It's more of a hit and crash, right. I would say, and there is like a shell or you know part of Switchblade still left at the end, right? And there's a little scene there. But uh, what I took away was the kind of the communication between the vehicles during the battle scenes, where it's it's not through the video screens like we see Bruce using in this episode, but it's just through the masks. But I really kind of hit home there where the action is going on, and they're communicating back and forth inside of their vehicles and stuff. We, we do a lot of that in the script. Yes, we did. And the Statue of Liberty might make it into the movie, but not the one in New York, maybe the one in Las Vegas. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So uh, that's that's all I took away. But we've, uh, we've had some votes so far. We're kind of split. Um, and, you know, we're basically split on a five and a four and so far we've gotten five votes for a five and five votes for a four and if you were to so ours, it'd be six and six <laughs> yeah right so it, i guess it's safe to say this episode's a four and a half that's right uh let's get on to our listener comments we got three this week yeah and our first one is from tony or Raggletag. one of my favorite mask episodes of all time if not my very favorite Gorgeous animation, great action, and high drama. The only things that can drag it down for me a bit are Dusty and Buddy's corny puns and the way Dagger's vehicle vaporizes when Matt blasts it, leaving only only the steering wheel and part of the chassis. I still gave it a solid five. And does T-Bob really say, damn, in the PSA at the end? 
I could swear he does. And Jason and I have gone through, Jason more so, and uh, it, it's a good argument. He, I think yeah. he did. I think it's a jam. I think it's a jam. I I couldn't I couldn't think of something else that he would be saying there. And what kind of sold it for me was the reaction uh, right after he says, damn, Matt kind of looks over to Gloria and Gloria looks over at him and he kind of shrugs his shoulders like, okay, so he said, damn. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking a little bit off the air about how it reminded us of the Transformers movie and how they dropped a couple cusses in that movie that when you're a kid, you're like, oh, he just said, damn. (laughs) Oh. He said the S word. Oh my! Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It could have slipped in there. It could have been just you know another word that they tried to you know say, but it just didn't come out that way. Anyway, on to our next comment from uh, Duo TN. Uh, they say thoroughly enjoyed the episode. Thought the animation was great, especially with Matt driving through the reflecting skyscraper. I like how in the middle Sato briefly looked like he was spending some time at the tanning salon for a bit, and shortly thereafter, one of the buildings, Buddy passes, suddenly changes color. However, I gave it a four for too much reliance on the humor outside of T-Bob swearing towards the end. (laughs) And our last comment is from our buddy Anna. This is a great episode. I really enjoy the scene when Matt shows Dwayne Kennedy how he can make it look like his coffee cup has disappeared. I remember it very well from my childhood. What I think is the best scene when watching it today is, however, the scene with Mayhem and Vanessa in the World Trade Center. Mayhem has a great comment. I would have blown the statue up anyhow, just so they would know who they're dealing with. So that was, yeah, that was a great comment. Um, I know you're pro-Venom, Anna. It was a great scene. It was a great scene. I won't, I, I won't deny it. Must have been rough for her to see all them vehicles being blown up. I know, <laughs> at least probably the, crying right now. <laughs> but at least Mantha didn't get blown up, so we know Vanessa still has a ride. <laughs> hey. So, anyway, well, that's going to about do it for our MassCast 18. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We thank everybody for, again, tuning in each week and commenting and, you know, just following us on Facebook and uh, liking, you know, stuff we put up during the week. And uh, we hope you will join us for the next episode that we will break down, which will be episode 15 of the Mass Cartoon, The Scepter of Regime. And in this episode, Venom steals a mystical scepter from an Indian city whose inhabitants hold the Mask Team hostage until its return. Matt Tracker must work alone to get it back. Now that sounds pretty cool. It does. Almost like the, uh, you know, the mass team is in jail and Matt has to bust them out. <laughs> Sounds like an episode of Knight Rider. Y- yeah, that or Dukes, where the Dukes are always stuck in jail and someone has to break them out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like Jason said, that wraps it up. And uh, we enjoyed another great episode. And we look forward to seeing you next time on MassCast.